In Florida Ag in Review for the week ending October 18th, the week began with the agriculture community gearing up for the annual Sunbelt Ag Expo, along with watching the goings-on in Washington, D.C. We begin with Julie McPeak giving us a report on how researchers are using peanut butter and a ruler to confirm a diagnosis of early-stage Alzheimer's disease. Well, the ability to smell is associated with the first cranial nerve and is often one of the first things to be affected in cognitive decline. And now researchers at the University of Florida are using that fact along with peanut butter and a ruler to confirm a diagnosis of early stage Alzheimer's disease. Peanut butter was chosen because it's a pure odorant that is only detected by the olfactory nerve and is easy to access. In the study, patients closed their eyes and mouth and blocked one nostril. The ruler was held next to the open nostril along with an open container of peanut butter while the patient breathed normally. The peanut butter was then moved up the ruler one centimeter at a time during the patient's exhale until the person could detect an odor. The distance was recorded and the procedure repeated on the other nostril after a 90-second delay. The scientists found that patients in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease had a dramatic difference in detecting odor between the left and right nostril with the left nostril being impaired and not detecting the smell until it was an average of 10 centimeters closer to the nose than the right nostril. This, however, was not the case in patients with other kinds of dementia and said those patients had either no difference in odor detection between nostrils or the right nostril was worse at detecting the odor. Of course, more studies must be conducted to fully understand the implications, with the test currently only being used to confirm a diagnosis. But there are plans to test patients with mild cognitive impairment to see if it might be used to predict which patients are going to get Alzheimer's disease. With the government going back to work, the Farm Bill remains in the news. Here is Julie with the report. Well, more movement in Washington as the leaders of the House and Senate Agriculture Committees have made plans for the Farm Bill Conference. As the first formal conference meeting could be scheduled as early as next week, depending on the House and Senate schedules. House Ag Chair Frank Lucas will serve as the chair. The government shutdown is officially over, but the lapse in federal funding will continue to affect the release of some crop reports. While the government shutdown is officially over, the lapse in federal funding has not allowed the National Agricultural Statistics Service to engage in the necessary data collection and analysis over the past few weeks in order to release their usual selection of statistical reports. NASA's Crop Production and Cotton Jennings Report and the World Agricultural Outlook Board's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates, originally scheduled for last Friday, October 11th, are canceled. The next scheduled release for these reports is November 8th. Additionally, NASA's Cattle on Feed and Peanut Prices Report, scheduled for October October 18th are postponed. NASA is currently assessing its data collection plans and evaluating the timing of upcoming reports. Honeybees are a vital part of agriculture. The latest on the list of concerns for honeybee health is selenium. Well, as concerns over honeybee health grow, so are the list of issues that might be affecting it. The latest on that list, selenium. A group of University of California researchers found that selenium found in four different forms in plants can kill bees and delay their development. Selenium occurs naturally, but it can also be magnified by human activities, such as petroleum refining and cold power production. And in agriculture, runoff can collect and concentrate selenium from surrounding soils. In minute amounts, selenium is actually beneficial as part of an antioxidant enzyme, but in higher concentrations, it's toxic. Honeybees may be more susceptible because of their food source, pollen, and nectar that can be easily contaminated. The fact that they lack detoxification enzymes may also put them at a higher risk than other insects. The researchers are currently conducting studies where bees are fed selenium-laden foods in order to monitor the insects for changes in survival and behavior. The researchers are also looking at other heavy metals, including cadmium, copper, and lead. The Florida Beef Council, through a multi-state effort, recently took part in a retail promotion to spread the beef message. 
Ashley Hughes said it was a promotion they were very pleased with. Randall Wiseman has the report. At a recent event, the Florida Beef Council partnered with a large retailer to help spread the beef message, as Ashley Hughes with the Florida Beef Council explains. Through a partnership with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and about 15 other state beef councils across the country, the Florida Beef Council took part in a beef demonstration event across the country. In the state of Florida, we participated and used 10 different Costco retail stores to demo sirloin steak that was on sale They were providing recipes and other paraphernalia to people who were shopping around Costco. We were trying to get the word out there about beef, how it can be affordable, how it can be easy, and we were absolutely thrilled with the results. Ashley said this was an event that promoted beef in the state at a very little cost to the Florida Beef Council. Through our partnership with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, we are able to save quite a few dollars through this co-op opportunity with Costco and NCBA. NCBA planned all of the events, they provided dollars to this, and our financial requirement to this program was minimal at best. So we were happy that we were able to go into 10 different stores across the state. We were able to pick which markets they went into, which stores they went into, and we were thrilled to have them sampling sirloin steak at different locations across the state. For more information on how your beef checkoff dollars are being used in the state, contact the Florida Beef Council office in Kissimmee. One of the big events at Sunbelt Ag Expo every year is the naming of the Southeastern Farmer of the Year, along with the Farmer of the Year for Florida. Julie McPeak tells us who this year's winners are. Sunbelt Ag Expo has crowned James Cooley of South Carolina as the 2013 overall Swisher Sweet Southeastern Farmer of the Year. The Florida winner is Mr. John Scott Long, owner of Aggregators, a vegetable operation near Palm City, Florida. We grow uh, right about a thousand acres of potatoes, uh, mostly red and a few whites and a few yellow flesh and uh, also grow about 600 acres of sweet corn. Long says over the last two decades his farm has grown and evolved. We started out uh, about 20 years ago we were farming 60 acres of pickling cucumbers and uh, we've had a pretty steady climb up and uh, kind of reached uh, uh, a level that uh, we feel comfortable with, with the potatoes and sweet corn. Long as that he is honored to be named the 2013 Florida Farmer of the Year. It is a wonderful, wonderful uh, opportunity. In addition, Florida is getting even more recognition at the Sunbelt Ag Expo this year as this year's Spotlight State. On this week's Commissioner Spotlight, Florida Commissioner of Agriculture Adam Putnam talks about new legislative bill called the Keeping Identity Safe Act that would help prevent children from falling victim to identity theft. I'm talking with Florida's Commissioner of Agriculture Adam Putnam. Commissioner, you just announced a new bill that would help protect children from identity theft. Tell us about it. More than 50,000 children in Florida fall victim to identity theft each and every year. Currently, there's no way to prevent children from falling victim to identity theft. Adults are able to protect themselves by monitoring their credit or ordering a fraud alert or freeze on their credit, but children have no such line of defense. Working with our partners in the legislature, Senator Nancy Dietert and Representative Heather Fitzenhagen, we've proposed the KIDS Act, the Keeping Identity Safe Act. This legislation will enable parents and guardians to create and then freeze credit files for their children effectively blocking thieves from using it. By passing the KIDS Act, we can prevent up to 10,000 children in Florida from falling victim to identity theft and save Floridians over $21 million in annual losses. Thanks, Commissioner Putnam. For Commissioner Spotlight, I'm Frost Burke. Research is being done to make tastier veggies, 
Everett Griner closes out our report this week talking about the vegetable market. I eat meat, but I'm a heavy vegetable eater, too. So, do my vegetables taste different, or do I just think they do? Well, they do. The crops farmers grow, and those produced in home gardens are not what Grandpa grew. Anybody who loves tomatoes knows that, but science is trying to do something about it. University of Florida researchers are working on tomatoes that will put flavor back into your salad or your sandwich. But a lot has to be done before you'll taste it. It'll have to withstand refrigeration, transportation, and have acceptable shelf life before you taste it. And don't look for it next spring. It'll take a while, two to five years. I just hope somebody is working on broccoli, squash, and cucumbers. My cucumbers looked like a cantaloupe. And we're about the same size. What they taste like? I don't know. I left them on the vine. Remember, you can find these stories along with all the big Southeast Agriculture reports on our website at southeastagdebt.com. I'm Daniel Lee with Southeast Ag Debt's podcast.